My name is Ava King, Miss Enfield Team USA 2020, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Good morning or good evening, everyone, depending on where you're watching. It's Adrian from The Pageant Project. And my special guest for today, all the way from the United States of America, is Ava King, who is Miss Enfield Teen USA 2020. Ava, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on here. I love this show so much. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> How how has your week been? I mean, give us an idea what a typical... You just had your shot, didn't you? I'm assuming that was for COVID. And then you did this weird thing where you... I got to say, I don't know. Did that waving your arm around thing really work? I'm not sure. So if, if you don't know, Ava put up this story where she has this trick that apparently after you have a shot, if you don't want to feel pain, you get your arm and you do this. Did that actually work? Yes, I've been doing it for years. One of the nurses in my pediatric office taught me eight years ago, and I use it for everything, like flu shot, any booster shot I ever have to get. As soon as I get it, as I'm walking to the car or I'm in the car, I start swinging my arm. It works, I promise you. Okay. I don't think I've ever been given that advice by a doctor before, but I guess if it works for you, it works for you. Uh, what shot was it? Was it the COVID jab? Yeah, it was my second dose, so I'm officially vaccinated, will be fully after these two weeks, but I am all good, which is really exciting. Oh, amazing. Um, can I ask, I haven't had I haven't had my jab yet. We're behind you guys in America in terms of rolling out the vaccinations, mainly because we're not, we're not needing it because it's kind of under control here in Australia. But how did you feel after having the jab? Because a lot of people have basically said, like, the day you get it, you have to write it off because you'll just be getting chills and stuff like that. How was your reaction to it? It was actually super easy. The first shot felt like nothing. And the only thing that I had, I actually had a big bruise on my arm from where the shot was injected, which I've never had before, but I just sensitive skin, so it didn't really phase me. But I didn't have any side effects. I've been feeling totally fine. So other than a little bit of a sore arm and a bruise, it wasn't bad at all. You sure that's not because you waved your arm around? I promise it didn't happen this time. I all good this time. No bruise. No bruise. <laughs> okay. All right. It's good to know. Um, and before we get into things, can you tell me a little bit about Enfield and Connecticut? Because as I was telling you before, I know very little about America. I spent a bit of time in Wisconsin. I spent a bit of time in New York, uh, Chicago, but I've never been um, where you're at. So can you tell me a little bit about your home state? Yeah, of course. So we're not too far from New York. So if you've been there, you've likely experienced the same weather as we have in Connecticut. We have a lot of distinct seasons, fall, winter, summer, spring. Uh, fall is beautiful here. It's one of my favorite things. It is absolutely stunning. Enfield is a relatively decent-sized town on the upper side of the state. I'm right on the Massachusetts border. I've grown up here my entire life, but I don't go to school in Enfield. I actually go to school a few times over. So I really have really traveled all of Connecticut. It's not like it takes too much, two hours near across the whole state. But we're a relatively small state with, I'd like to take a lot to offer. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, Ava, you're coming through. Uh, guys, if you're watching, if you have any questions for Ava, put them in the comments um, below and I'll pass them on or any messages of support. Ava, you're coming through a little bit like jumpy. I might get you to turn the Wi-Fi back on. Are you able to do that? Let's just see if the Wi-Fi yeah. behaves itself. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't want to behave, then we can jump back onto the mobile. We give it a bit of a time to settle. This is one of the issues doing interviews with people all around the world. Okay, am I coming through okay for you? Yeah, you're a little choppy, but I can hear you. As long as you can okay, hear Okay, so it sounds about... It, yeah, it sounds about the same. Uh, okay, 
Yep, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make a go with it. It looks like it's about the same. All right. Now, I, um, I've i been wanting to interview more pageant contestants who have an entrepreneurial bent. Um, as I wrote in the description, which is what I'm looking at here, because I want to make sure I get it right. You're the owner of Lenore, which is also your middle name. It's an online apparel store that supports We Save Lives. Um, I, I won't read it out from here because I won't do it justice. So do you want to tell us, first of all, about the nonprofit We Save Lives, and then we'll go into the store that you set up? Yeah, of course. So We Save Lives, a nonprofit organization that uses education to teach others about making choices in your vehicle, whether that's choosing not to text, choosing not to drive or influence, whether these drugs are out. And pretty much they do it to all different age levels, starting at middle school, high school, going all the way up to college and adults, even adults that have unfortunately been affected by it. So I really wanted to partner with them because they use education, which is always what I say, education is the first step to change. And without education, you have nothing. So that's why I chose to partner with YouTube Live. Perfect. Ava, I'm going to be a pain and get you to go back onto your mobile because a mobile was actually better. So can you <laughs> switch back to, because you're coming, you're sort of coming through in bits and drabs and I, because I, whoop, you still there? I'm still here. Okay, cool. Because what, <laughs> yeah. About I promise. Uh, no, no, it's all good. This is just sometimes what the internet's like. So can you go through what you just said again, because it's super important and I want everyone to hear it because it was just sort of coming through in dribs and drabs and I got most of it, but not all of it. So the nonprofit We Save Lives, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. So We Save Lives is a nonprofit organization here in the U.S. that uses education to combat impaired drugs, whether that's texting, uh, under the influence of alcohol or drugs or anything. So I always say that the, the first step change starts with education and without education, there's nothing. So I wanted to partner with them because they go directly that educational route, starting with middle schoolers and teaching all the way up to Right. It's, it's interesting. I, I don't know what the rules are in America with driving and using your phone. Here in Australia, you're not allowed to use your phone at all. In fact, we just had uh, what they would call, I guess, safety cameras installed that um, that take photos of you and they're not actually even posted. So you don't know where they are. And it can tell because it's everything is AI and computers. It can tell when it takes a photo of you if you were using your mobile phone when you were driving and there's a substantial fine. And then we also have a demerit system where you get a certain number of demerit points. And if you get a certain number of points, you lose your license. So in Australia, it's completely disallowed. The only thing you're allowed to do is use it as, you know, GPS for something like that as a map. So in America, are the laws the same or are you allowed to use your phone or does it differ from state to state? So we are not allowed to use our phone while driving. There is a fine and a ticket for texting and driving. But unfortunately, we don't have the technology that you have over there in place to kind of text the people that are doing it almost. So it's a lot more common here. And I tell you, every single time on the, I'm on the road, I see someone looking down at their phone, literally holding up to their wheel while they're driving or at a stoplight. So this is why I really chose it because I saw how big of an issue it was, and especially in Connecticut. We are known for the smallest state with the worst Uh So it is definitely an issue here, and I see it a lot. And that is when I was like, we have to make a change here. This cannot keep happening. Um, wh why are the drivers so bad in your state? Is there any reason? I don't know. I don't know if there's just such a dense population here, so there's too many people for how big the state is. Or I'm not quite sure, but it must be a friend. Okay. Um, and in look, there's so many uh, different advocacies that you could pick, um, a lot of worthwhile advocacies. Was there any particular reason that you decided to pick We Save Lives? So I really like We Save Lives just because of the education standpoint. I've heard of a lot of different organizations focused on distracted driving. But their workshops come from people that have been directly affected by it. So mothers who lost their children, people who oh. have that themselves, 
been arrested for driving or experienced it and it's almost a different way to advise and educate because you're hearing the person's experience right okay uh now let's get on to your online apparel store Lenore, um, as, as I, as I, you saw that I tagged you, what I really loved about your advocacy, apart from the advocacy itself, is that you actually created a store, something sort of entrepreneurial behind it, because there's a lot of people who just have an advocacy and, you know, no shade against them, but it's just, they have an advocacy and it's kind of look at me, look at me, look at me. You've taken a slightly different approach and you've got apparel. Well, it's not just apparel, is it? Because I saw you had like, um, mobile phone covers with a, a little motto on the on the back. So what made you decide to launch Lenore, your online store? So I've always had a passion for making clothes. And at the end of my junior year last year, right when COVID hit, I was like, this is my time. I have so much extra time on my hands. I'm going to commit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this store. And it originally was just me making sweatshirts um, with embroidery on it. And I liked it, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. I'm like, I can do something more with this. I can make something better. And that's when I started searching. And that's when I found G6 Live. And I was like, wait, I already have this foundation of this space of something I know I love to do. And I know how to do it. And I think I do it decently well. And I have this amazing organization that I could support with it. So I determined to come up with a few designs. And I launched them. And it ended up as pretty decent and I've gotten a pretty good response to it so I'm very happy when um when did you launch it how long has it been up for it has been up for a little over a month now actually when you posted looking for pageantpreneurs that was the day I actually posted and officially launched it <laughs> that, that, that that's good timing then isn't it um so in terms of uh do you have uh, are you just going to be keeping lenore going whilst you're in the pageant which we'll get to in a second or do you have future plans for it as well i have a lot of plans on a bunch of different projects lenore is something i want to always keep i always like creating it. i'm going to stem fields so it's kind of hard for me sometimes to find roots of creativity. So I find that that is one way that I can still maintain that. Um, so I'm definitely doing more that not only anywhere. If anything, I'm just going to add more designs, different apparel, more to choose from. But I have a lot of things coming up. I'm about to release my second children's book, which is another thing that is going to be related to my platform that I've been working on for a long time. So I'm always trying to find new projects and I like to be like artistic and creative with them. That's kind of my avenue yeah. when it comes to that. <laughs> For sure. So can you tell us what the second children's book is? Because the first one I've, I've seen here that you illustrated it um, and that was available on Amazon, The Fish Born Out of Water, Rosie the Red Fish, which ironically is an Australian fish. Why, why did you pick an Aussie fish out of all things? So originally, me and my partner who wrote the book, we wrote a book about a fish, and we wanted to be on identity, finding yourself, finding where you belong, but then we realized how important our ecosystem is and our world is, and we're like, why not make this educational as well? So we did a little research, and we found red handfish, which is obviously from Australia, and really learned about how endangered they really are. And mm. so we decided to put a little blurb at the end of the book, being like, hey, if you want to meet Rosie, this is who she is. And she kind of needs your help to, you know, not go completely extinct. And we got a response from that. Okay. All right. Because I'm just reading it going, the Aussie fish, that's like, that's so, um, it's like chance or fate, whatever you want to call it. So the second children's book, and if you can't give us the details, that's fine. But is it going to be a, continu a continuation? Is it going to be different? Are you illustrating again? Or are you writing at this time? You're doing both? So I actually did both this time. I illustrated and wrote the book. It is going to be along the lines of my platform. I I will give you the main character is Doug the Distracted Dog, may or may not be the title, but I pretty much put it together after the response from my last one, the fact that we make donating all the copies, because that was my goal. I listed it for the lowest price possible, and for every purchase of a book, we donated one to a local shelter, school, daycare, wow. all along those across the state, and anywhere if someone requested a special, we would send it there. 
So I saw how good that was, and I go, hang on, I have this full platform I've been working on forever. And like I said, education is my favorite way to combat things. Why not start as young as possible, and maybe it won't be a problem one day. Um, please tell me Doug the Distracted Dog is not Australian. He's not Australian, is he? Is he just, like, no, not- no country affiliation? <laughs> It's the dog. I promise. This one does not have a scientific quality. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, let me just ask. So, as as you mentioned, I put up the post about wanting to interview. I call them pageantpreneurs. So, girls who are competing in pageants who also have that entrepreneurial bent. And a lot. The reason I started it is yes, I'm interested in it. But the other thing is a lot of you guys I've noticed really have a lot of you want to start an app you want to start a business you want to start a non-for-profit it doesn't necessarily even need to be about money but you have that entrepreneurial tendency um a lot of the time people stop though because they think it's going to be super hard and it stops them from even trying in the first place so how difficult like the journey to launching an online store or the journey to being a published author slash illustrator what were the sort of struggles to get to that point? How how did you find that journey? I just want to say YouTube is my best friend when it comes to this stuff. I am so happy it exists. And I just want to say someone's done it before. Someone had to start from square one. So really the biggest struggle for me was figuring out the technical part. Like I said, I can mm-hmm. draw, I can do the creative parts. But when it comes to actually uploading, getting it published, coding a website, figuring out how to do layouts and, you know, connect it to banking and everything like that. That took a lot of time, especially because I'm not 18. I took a lot of communication with my parents, figuring out how I can actually get funds to make sure that those delivered and communicated to that nonprofit. So I definitely struggled with the technical part. Like I said, YouTube is my best friend. And then the other part was simply just because of how I am. In fact, I can't like my own account under my name. Okay. Well, I mean, there's not much you can do about the second part, is there? I mean, if you're not 18, you can't make that happen more quickly. Um, But I have found that the technical part is the part that scares the most people off, especially doing what you did, setting up an online store. People like, oh, I don't, and bear in mind, they've never tried it. But they go, oh, I can't do websites, I can't do this, I can't do that, which I find quite frustrating because it's like, well, if you just, like you you said, you go on YouTube and you search for it and you find out how to do it, it may not be as difficult as you think. Um, so just, just for myself, how difficult did you find it? Because setting up an online store is, because I've, I've done that and I've also published a book, they're probably... Uh, about the same level of technical difficulty, maybe an online store is slightly harder, but um, how difficult did you find it? I actually didn't find it very difficult at all, which really surprised me. I used Squarespace, which was very, very beginner friendly. And it's really great because you could use templates that they already have, 100% of the template they have, but you can also customize everything. So if you want to do everything on your own, add on something you can, but if you think that's not the avenue or you don't have the skills or the time to do that, they have a very cookie type of thing that still looks nice. So I started with that. And as I had my store over the course of last year, I kind of developed it and learned more about how to use Squarespace and things like that. I was able to develop the site where I have it today. And then when it came to publishing the book, I thought that was a little more difficult, but it was just because it was a lot of formatting issues. And when it comes yeah. to having a paper book, it was a lot more difficult with bleeding edges and making sure images mm-hmm. were all in there. So that was a little bit tedious, but I wouldn't say difficult. It's it's interesting you mentioned that because Squarespace is the uh, software that I used to design my first site, and that is very, I'm not going to say easy, but out of all the designers, it's probably the one that's easiest to use that still makes your website look great. So I'm not surprised that you found that with Squarespace. And then when it comes to books, it's so interesting because I literally was having a discussion with my best friend yesterday because he wants to put his book on Amazon and I published three books, um, one without bleed. It's, it's funny that you even know what I'm talking about. I get excited. 
but the bleed issue, which means if you don't know that the images, I'm not talking to Ava here, I'm talking to you guys watching it at home, means that the images got to go all the way to the edges so they don't have a margin on them. Um, so the formatting is an issue and you've got to also make sure that your illustrations are the right resolution and all this. So how, so your partner did the, did the writing and you did the illustrations. How long roughly from like beginning to end did it take for you to get like the first copy of the book? Honestly, we did the full book in two weeks. We said it, we're like, we're doing this. We spent every single day working on it. For the illustrations at that point in time, I didn't have a laptop, a laptop where I could digitally draw. Yeah. I hand drew each of the images, scanned them and digitized them and colored them using Photoshop. So it was quite a process, but I spent every single day of the week doing it. And then we spent the entire second week formatting and learning how to publish on Amazon. Okay. All right. Um, two weeks. I, was, <laughs> I did my book in two weeks as well. And I keep telling people that's how I did it, but I'd never recommend anyone else did it. Was there a particular reason that you guys decided just to do it in two weeks? Or was it just kind of like, we're doing it, let's get it done. And then you just happened to take two weeks. We're definitely the people that like when we have a new project, we want to jump on it and we want to get it either done as soon as possible or do it as thoroughly as possible. So we set a plan, we're like, we're doing X, Y, and Z and we are getting this done. So it was more just how we like run together, but that kind of was the time frame. I've taken a little bit longer with the second one, but it's yeah. now that I know how to do it. Yeah, the, the second time when you know your way through is definitely, you can take your time a little bit more. Um, when you uploaded your your manuscript, your actual like electronic version up to Amazon, did you get approved the first time or did you find that there were issues that you needed to fix? We had to go through that three times, I believe, all because of <laughs> the images, the barcodes that have to be on it. So three times we had to re-upload and we spent probably two or three days out of that, like two week time period, simply just trying to upload the book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad it's not just me and I'm glad someone else understands the process it takes to get a book onto Amazon. Hopefully this time around, it's a bit smoother for you. Um, was there any particular reason you decided to do a book? I mean, it's, it's a great idea, but again, a lot of people would be scared of the idea of putting up a book. Um, you've already said you're creative. Was there any uh, reason you decided to go down like the children's book specifically that route? So I've always loved art. I really gravitated towards portraits actually, but my sophomore year, I took an art class, just a regular 2D art for high school. And my teacher came up to me and she's like, I can see you as an illustrator. I was like, why would you say that? And she was telling me just the use of my colors and the way I like go about the process of my drawing. And I thought about it. And when I was looking for things to do this year, I'm like, okay, what's the next project? Because I really like to stay busy. I always like to have a, a next thing to look forward to. I kind of went to my partner's act and I was like, what if we did this? And he was more than happy to be in writing. So we just decided to do it and I was so happy to illustrate it. Now that I actually just think about it, so your your partner did the the manuscript, the text part of it. I haven't read the book, so I, I don't know. But did his part take less long than your part? Because for me, if you're writing a children's book, it wouldn't take that long. But illustrating, I could never do that. So did your part take longer to do than his part? Or did he take a long time agonizing over the words that went into the book? No, I think he literally wrote it in maybe two days, and one of those days was probably okay. reciting, and then the remainder of the two weeks was yeah. all my fault. All of me. Well, I wouldn't say it was your fault. I would say that you have the harder job when it comes when it comes to a children's book. I mean, the, the manuscript, the words in a children's book generally aren't very, very big. So um, uh, I wouldn't say it's your fault. I would say it was your job. Um if we circle around um, full circle to pageants, I normally start the interview with this, but we'll go for it now. Um, can you give us an idea as to how you got involved in the crazy world of pageantry to begin with and how your journey has led you here? Yeah, of course. So my mother brought me into this. Uh, so she is from North Dakota and she only competed in two pageants when she was my age in a very, very small system before it was really super popular. 
And then when she had me, she waited until I was about seven years old, and she asked me if I would be interested in being in a pageant. I obviously had no idea what it was, so she took me to go see one. She goes, do you want to do this? And I go, yeah, I'll try it. And I love it. I would get off the stage in my first pageant, so you can say I was set from then on. So I've been doing this for 10 years now, which makes me feel old, even though I know not. <laughs> 10 years you've been already doing for 10 years jeez um you guys in america really do do it differently because i'm just going to say like any of the other countries like the uk or australia your mother wouldn't have been able to take you just to see a pageant because there really aren't that many around here um so what what has the pageant journey given you or what have you gotten from it because obviously if you've stuck with it for 10 years and i assume there's going to be a fair few more um what what how have you grown What's the most enjoyable part for you? Oh my gosh, I think it has changed and impacted the way I see everything. I think it's the reason I'm as social as I am. I think it's the reason why I seek out new relationships, new friendships, new opportunities to be. I think it's the reason I've taken leadership roles in my school. And I think it's the reason I love fashion and art and creativity altogether. I don't know really who I was be with that habit because I started them so young and I just loved them from then on and I think it's definitely about leadership and social skills probably the most right and am I right when I say that I'm assuming you're not finishing here that you've got a few years of pageantry left in you that's my plan, that's my plan. okay it's just crazy because at the age of you're so young and but you've done this for 10 years you're probably one of the most experienced pageant competitors i've ever talked to i mean my podcast co-host over in england she's been doing it for 12 years but she's you know she's 32 i don't want to throw her under the bus but she tells everyone her age all the time so you know when you're 32 you've been doing it for 12 years it's one thing but so you've been competing more than half your life haven't you yeah yep started at seven years old that's that that's something else that's impressive um whilst whilst i remember also on your instagram you uh you have um like a video session i can't remember the name of it was it tiara talk Tiara talk, yeah okay can you tell me more about that because i i saw i think it's your latest episode or one of your more recent episodes um you said it's tiara talk but then you actually deliberately talked, I think it was about finances, which you made very clear was different to pageantry. And this, you know, ties again into entrepreneurship and pageantry, which for me, it's so fascinating. But how, why did you decide to start that? What is it about? And then also, why finances? Because a lot of people would go, why, why would a pageant girl be talking about finances? But I think it's a great thing. So what made you decide to start that section in the first place? Yeah, so initially, I just wanted to make it a video when I first received my title being like, hi, I'm Ava, Ms. Enfield's USA. It's lovely to meet you. This is my platform. This is what I plan on doing. And this is what I've been working on. And then my partner who recorded, produced, and edited it goes, why would you only do this once? Let's make this into a thing. He's like, I know you have enough to say. And I love that idea. So I named it Tiara Talk. <laughs> and from there, we continued on. And I really wanted to turn it into something that other pageant contestants could use as well. So it started out as a Q&A, people ask me common questions, and I address, you know, with stereotypes and conceptions with pageantry, my own experience, what people wonder. And then I wanted to invite some of my other pageant sisters on there to share that, their platforms and show a larger audience, because it started with me maybe getting 300 views on these, and now some of my videos are up to over a thousand, which is something I never imagined. Wow. So that's so fun. Finances is with my sister, Queen Tracy. She's competing in the Miss Division in the Connecticut pageant. And her platform is financial literacy. She started her own video series called Tag oh, wow. Women in Finance after she came on. And it is just so amazing to see that I'm able to have these things on. I'm able to learn myself. And I'm also able to share what they've been working on over the past months, years, their whole pageant career. So that's kind of why I started it. I just wanted to create another platform that people could go to to learn more about pageants or what pageant girls are really working on. 
It's very cool that your partner can do the uh, the videoing. I mean, we often call them um, like pageant. Is it pageant husband? No, Insta husbands. You know, where the girl does the posing and the guy takes all the photos. But it's got to be so cool for you. For it just seems like both of you are creative, but maybe in slightly different fields. So you can do the illustrating, for example. He can do the words. You can do the talking and the hosting. He can do the filming. So how is it you guys working together? That's got to be pretty magic. It is so great working with him. So he started his own company called Live Drop-In. It's a photography, videography, and multimedia company. So on the weekends, we shoot weddings. During the week, we shoot tiara talk and write books. So it's pretty much whatever we choose to do creatively. So it's very fun because he has the knowledge and skill to produce and edit and really give mm. me high-quality content it is so helpful and also helps grab more attention I've done. As the quality got better, my audience got larger. So we've really been yeah. able to collab on my entire pageant career. So everything you see on my Instagram, I don't think a single one of those, a phone picture or a phone video, is just, I'm kind of spoiled that I have this like multimedia team. I mean, I could tell straight away because I've done so much video and videography that your tiara talk, like the production values immediately were super high. I mean, it looked like you were set up in a studio, the lighting was good, the the video quality was super, super crisp. And I'm like, I don't see this very often because, and look, when people get started, they get started. So I'm not saying, oh, you need to have a pro professional studio, but it's still unusual for me to see something in pageant land shot with such high production values. So I, I will say you're spoiled. Do you, do you guys ever like flip roles and do you like ever film him talking about something or is he always more comfortable behind the camera and you in front of it? but I'm still learning. When it comes to photography, I'll definitely pick the other side of the camera, but with video, I'm still learning. It's a lot more complicated. So he'll usually set up for video series. So that's when the tripod comes in handy and he'll set that all up for himself. Sometimes I'll just press record. But photography, I do step in with, which is really exciting and kind of, you know, take over my weekends and also another creative outlet for me. So I'm finding how to manage it. I'm I'm super jealous. Honestly, if I had someone who was able to film me and I had a studio, I'd be putting out probably even more content that I'm putting out at the moment. There's only so much you can do by yourself, right? Um, in in terms of let's say future plans, I mean you're so young, but like the next couple couple of years, few years, you've got so many things going on. So you've got the pageants, you've got your online store, you've got Tiara Talk, you really released or releasing two books. So in the next like few years, what what are the overall plans that Ava's got? Yeah, so actually starting in the fall, I will be starting college. So I graduate in less than a month, and I will be going to a university here in Connecticut. And I'm in their direct entry physician assistant program. So it is a five-year program, undergrad and grad school. So I'm automatically in, which is very relieving. Uh, to become wow. a board-certified physician assistant, I'm going to minor in disability studies. And my overall career goal is to work in cardiovascular surgery. And I'd love to specialize in some disabilities that we're Surgery. So I'm assuming you're okay with blood. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you going to be telling your patients your, your, your trick for the shots? I will make sure to pass that on because I swear by it. It helps. It helps. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you want to be passing that on as a licensed physician, um, but I guess you, you could give it a go and, and, and see how it goes. Um, you, you need to give it a name, though. That, that, that's how you sell all these things. You need to give it a name. Like people call it the something something method. So this thing you have of turning your shoulder over, you need to give it some sort of name so that you can trademark it and you can sell it to other people. I'll think about that. Like, I don't know, like a windmill movement, something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't think the windmill movement. <laughs> You got to, I mean, you got the name for it. Call it the king, the king method or something. The the king, the king inoculation method or something like that. I mean, just is is it? This is so silly. But do you got to go? Are you rolling forwards? Do you roll backwards? Is it both? I mean, how many times are we forward. talking about forwards? How I many times? As much as possible. 
as much as possible. I'll be in the parking lot. I'll do the full swing. I'm telling you, it works. All my friends did it for their vaccine. And you're not sore. I got my shot yesterday and my arm is not sore anymore. It was when I woke up, but guess what I kept doing? Okay, so for people who want to attempt this king method, does it have to be done in a car? Is that an important part of the procedure no. to do it in a car? Okay, all right. Not I'm just, I'm just picturing I'm all kidding. these people sitting in their cars in their car lot and just, you know, going around like this, waving their arms around, like, yep, that's some, that's one of Ava's people. Yeah, they just had their shot. I mean, I. I don't it know. Promise. I was waiting the 15 minutes after my shot, and we were still sitting in the car, and I couldn't get out because you're in almost like a drive-thru is where they give you the yeah. vaccine. So we're sitting there, and I was going like this, and I just see the people looking at me, but I won't have a sore <laughs> arm, so I think it's worth it. Okay, well, when I get my shot done, I'll give that a go, and I'll tag you in it, and um, we'll see if we can start something here. Maybe we can start a global trend of the Ava, the Ava King inoculation method, guaranteed, so that you have no pain. Um, Ava, just before we go to the final ten questions, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey, it's both pageantry and everything else? Yes, absolutely. I want to give a shout out to Zachary Thomas Johnson, the one that produces Tiara Talk and all my other multimedia production needs. I want to give a shout out to my family for one thing, me to pageantry and you support me for 10 years. It's not a cheap hobby, but you guys are beyond, beyond supportive and I'm so, so thankful for it. I'd also like to give a shout out to our pageant director for this year's pageant because it has been pushed back, I think, four times now. But each time he reassures us that he's doing the best he can to get it through. And we had orientation about a week and a half ago, and it was the most amazing experience ever. So thank you to everyone on the TV USA and Team USA um, board. So thank you to everyone really supported me at all. When is the actual pageant, Ava? The pageant starts June 4th, so that's my interview day, so fairly soon. Okay. How, how are the nerves feeling? I am more excited than anything. Obviously, I'm nervous. Um, more nervous because this is the pageant I've waited 10 years to do. I've been watching right. Miss Connecticut Team USA since I started, and this is really the one I've been leading up to. I've had my gown date for the past four and a half years. I've been waiting for this literally forever so i think more excitement than nerves obviously there's nerves there's always going to be but i think i'm pretty excited. yeah i i would imagine do you have a favorite section of the pageant definitely definitely interview but i'm gonna have to go with gown because i have an obsession with the one i chose which is a good thing i guess but i'm very excited absolutely absolutely should should we guess the color? You can you can. <laughs> no, I won't. We'll I, I know I know you guys like to. Keep. Did I lose you? Can you hear me again? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Technical issues here in Australia. Um, I won't get you to reveal the gown color because I know that these are like closely guarded national secrets, like um, under lock and key. So we'll just we'll wait. We'll wait patiently to see what's up. Okay. Um, I was. I do normally ask people just before the final ten questions what their hobbies are. I mean, you sound like you're so busy. You probably wouldn't have time for hobbies although you probably see like doing tiara talk as a hobby because i would so do you have any hobbies outside of all the other stuff that we've talked about um yes actually i can play three instruments i can play guitar ukulele and banjo so those are my hobbies outside of like art i would say like physical drawing art right okay 
Well, I mean, you're obviously a very creative person if your hobbies outside of art are playing a musical instrument. You, yeah, you must be one of the most creative people that I know. Do you do you see like things like launching your business, launching Lenore and things like that? Do you see that as creative? Because I find business itself to be super, super creative. I, I don't, I can't draw to save my life. I never graduated past stick figures, to be clear. But I do find entrepreneurship itself to be really creative. Do you find the same thing? Oh, absolutely. I think creating anything from scratch, technical or using science or anything of that sort, I think making anything from scratch or that wasn't just pre-existing is creative. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll go through the most pageantesque part of the interview, which is the final 10 questions. It's not a speed round. You can take as long as you want to answer, or you can try and speed through them. It's up to you. Okay. So question the first, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to have to go with opportunity because it makes me feel hopeful. That's like the first word that comes to mind. Opportunity for sure. That's, that's a good one. These questions mostly come in pairs. So the question, question the second is, what is your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Ooh. Probably something that I don't know if I can pinpoint it. Something I like words that are super, super descriptive that don't necessarily need to be. Um, where it's like texture. Long words? Or what's the one every... Te no. <laughs> no, like uh, moist. Moist is one yeah. or like scratchy. Like ones like that. We'll just go with those. We'll group okay. them all together. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Moist is a very, very common answer so that, you know, that's probably the most common answer I get to any of these 10 questions is people's least favorite word being moist. It comes up like all the time, probably in more than half the interviews. Okay. So question three in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? My future career that gets me probably the most excited out of everything. I found out I loved medicine. I want to say sophomore year before that. I thought I a newscaster on television looking at meteorology and you know political science and things like that and then i really found my love for medicine my first biology class the fact that i get to go into a career that is right up my alley and i am genuinely excited to go into makes me so almost, i don't want to say ready girl because obviously i love it but not dreading it you know, everyone's like, I don't want to grow yes. up. And I, obviously, I understand. And I love being a kid and youthful and everything like that. But I'm excited to start the career that I'm happy about. Well, I mean, growing up doesn't have to mean that you lose everything that's exciting. I'd like, I think age is a number. It's an It's a mental attitude. I think as soon as you start going all the reasons that you can't do something, or as you guys say, you can't do something, that's the moment that you get old. I mean, I, I know people who are 50, 60 who are still very young. I also know people who are 11 years old who are about 80 years old mentally and emotionally. So it, it, it goes both ways, I think. Uh, so question three was what turns you on? Question four is what turns you off? Honestly, technology, technology things beyond what I already know, and I know that's bad, and we're advancing, and it's something I gotta face. But it definitely makes me look at the project that I'm going to do and go, it's it, it in my tracks before I actually learn how to do it. So anything with technology, and my whole family will vouch for me on that for sure. It's so weird because I assume that, I mean, most of the pageant queens that I talk to, they're, they're fairly young, like teens like yourself or early 20s. And so many of them are absolute disasters when it comes to technology, which is really weird because everyone goes, oh, you young people, you know, she, she'd understand this, she'd understand Instagram, TikTok, you know, video camera, this web web stuff. And I'm like, actually, no, I think pageant girls are really quite technophobic. I don't, I don't know why, but um, yeah. you're not the first person to tell me that. Yeah, Instagram is my 
holy grail i absolutely love it but beyond the basic social media i will leave it to, the rest. I will leave it to someone else it's such a, I wonder if there's a reason for that. Anyway, uh, question five. What sound or noise do you love? Ooh, I'm going to say the sound of the birds, which I know a lot of people can get really annoyed with, but my dad has a thing for feeding birds. We have probably nine bird feeders in our backyard. Um, so I always woke up oh. with my window open or watching him feed them. Bird was my first word. So hearing them makes me just happy and it reminds me of home. Okay. So bird was your first word. That That's unusual. Bird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, question six. Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate? I strongly dislike the sound of someone shuffling their feet on a floor. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, someone wearing either high shoes or slippers but not fully picking up their feet when they walk. So their shoe almost drags. And that is something I can't that's, that's a first. I've not heard that one before. I've heard similar similar answers to that. Like someone said they didn't like the sound of cardboard boxes being dragged along. Um, but I've not heard the feet ch loud chewing is a very common one. But I've never oh, heard yeah. the uh, sure. the shoe shuffling. You you guys never do it in you you do know that in school. Like if you shuffle your shoes along the carpet really quickly and then you touch someone, you can give them like an electric shock, right? Yep. Yes, exactly. Just if you ever hear the sound of it, um, just like pick up your feet because your poor shoes are being worn. They are wearing away just because you don't want to pick up your feet. Okay. Well, that, that's fair enough. But I'm going to imagine that's not a sound that you hear very often in pageant land. Because in pageant land, you can't be shuffling your feet along, can you? don't want to be shuffling along in your tippy tops. So um, maybe that's one of the reasons you love pageantry so much. No shuffling shoe sounds. <laughs> that's true. Question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Hands down, be flying. I really want to fly. I would love to experience that. I love heights. My ninth birthday, I went to a ropes course and zipline course. Don't know, let me do that at nine years old. But I have always loved heights, and I would like to experience almost the feeling like weightlessness, which is what I imagine mm. it would feel like. So I definitely, definitely fly. Have you jumped out of plane? I have not. I will one day. I promise that one day. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I have done it two times or or three times. You just said you you want to experience weightlessness. It's um, it's a surreal feeling because you you reach terminal velocity, so which means the the force of the air going up against you equals the force of you coming down. So you're actually not accelerating anymore, and you're going so quickly. But once they deploy the parachute, there's no noise whatsoever it's completely silent it's the it's the most exhilarating feeling i love the feeling of tumbling out once i pull the parachute though and you start spiraling around spiraling around i'm not such a huge fan of that because that continual circular mov movement actually makes me sick um but the tumbling out there's no quite there's no feeling like it um so if you want to give that a go then you absolutely should um i i will tell you if there's anything like what we have here, they say that we're good because you're tied to someone else when you do it the first time. It's tandem sky jumping, right? Tandem skydiving. And they always say we're going to go on three. They always kick you out on two. Because Never if they wait for three, three, you tense up. No, because you tense up. So one, two, and then three, you'll tense up. So it's always, okay, we're going on three. One, bang, you're out on two. So I'll just, I'll just let you know that now. That's the one trick that I know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. Thanks for the warning. Now, see, you taught me a trick, and then I taught you a trick. So when you get tired, now you know, and when I jump out of a plane, now I know. It's very educational. Uh, very, very true. Okay, then we can consider us even. Question eight. This would be a bit different for you being a student, but question eight, what job or occupation other than your own? So you, we know that you're going to surgery. So what occupation other than that would you most like to attempt? I would really like to attempt estate i 
Another hobby of mine is just going on Zillow and looking at homes in my area and in different areas to compare price points and how much square footage you can get for the price. I don't know why. I've always loved it. Maybe I just like building my dream home in my mind and finding out maybe where I want it to be. But I think I do pretty good real estate. I could kick some butt when it comes to staging and I feel like I have a decent base when it comes to finances. So I'd I'd give real estate a shot for sure. That is a first answer to that. I've never heard the answer real estate. It's so funny, like as a as a hobby, you you go on to look at real estate prices. That that's a sign of someone who's very entrepreneurial. I just have to say, like at your age, just to casually go on, you know, have a look at how much that price costs. It's like, yeah, that's that's different. But that's very cool. I love that. Um, question nine then is what job would you definitely not like to attempt? I don't think I would attempt anything that has to do with electricity. My partner went to trade school for electricity, electronics, and I could never, I see him do wiring. Electricity is terrifying because you have to know what you're doing. Otherwise, it can go very, very wrong. So I don't think I'd mess anything with that's my. <laughs> uh, speaking of electricity, I interviewed uh, Marissa Butler, the current Miss Earth USA. You know, she was struck by lightning. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, not recently. I, she's fine. This was like years ago, but um, she loved the sound of thunder and lightning. And so one day there was a storm. She tells a story all the time, and she was on her computer with her on her phone. And she was leaning out the window because she loved lightning and thunder so much. And then it arced down and hit her. She woke up, passed out on the floor. I was like, oh, God. So See? that's, uh, yeah. Electricity's terrifying. It's so scary. Well, you say that, but then you're not terrified of heights at all. I mean, most people would think the idea of tumbling out a plane is like completely unnecessary and terrifying. It's just... It's funny, the different things that set different people off. Um, but yeah, electricity. Okay. Uh, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I think I would like to like hear him say that you did good. Just reassurance that everything that happened, happened the way it was meant to be. And I, I did everything I could. So matter how when I end up there, things like that, I think I'd like to hear just you did good, kind of that welcome, reassurance, and overall peace. I definitely Well, sounds good to me. Ava, that, that's about it. Look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This was awesome all the way yeah it was it was great fun i still can't believe how entrepreneurial entrepreneurial you are you might be the most entrepreneurial person i've ever met and that's saying something that's very cool i i can get behind that um good Thank luck you. with the good luck with the pageant which is in like i don't know two weeks give or take um and I'll keep you on the line, as I said, just for a second, whilst I hang up with the audience. But thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay. And uh, we will speak to you again very, very soon. Bye. Thanks for watching. Just a reminder to you entrepreneurial types to come and join us at our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. I'll see you inside and see you in the next episode.